Hello, I am James Woodcock for ConsoleMonster.com and this is MonsterCast number 6. It is June the 27th, 2010, and as we record this episode, it is a lesser date that will be forever scorched in our English minds as England crash out of the World Cup in rather spectacular fashion. So forgive us if both me and Marty, who is here to join me again, are a little depressed. In this last month, of course, it has been dominated with E3 news, and the Console Monster team have been working hard to keep you updated all the way through the event. Anthony Barker, our illustrious admin, actually attended, writing a few articles for us all which can be read on the website. Rob is currently catching some sun in another country, so maybe he missed the England match, maybe that's a good thing. But we will still have Marty Greenwell. Welcome back, Marty. Hello. It's just the two of us. You and I. Oh, come on, Marty, I thought you were going to break into song with me there. Oh well, I would do, but my uh, my vocal cords are a little bit on the on the rock side now for all that screaming at England. Ah, I thought it was going to be some sing star reference coming up, but no, England, I can understand that. So, starting with the Xbox 360 conference, before we dig into the details of what was revealed, how did we feel about the overall presentation compared to other years? Hmm. I thought it was a bit of a disappointing one this year. Microsoft have gone bells to glory in the last couple of E3s, and this year it just seemed to be a bit dull compared to what they'd produced before. There was nothing spectacular, even with the the reveals of the Natal games. It just, mm, just was a bit flat, I thought. It was really poor, wasn't it? And I think the general conclusion from people on twitter that we read and comments on forums what this was probably microsoft's worst year in a very long time if not ever it it was and it was surprising and i can't understand why they felt the need to have all the cheesy actors because they had the product uh, they've they've got some games that are decent and and no it just sort of fell flat and i thought the whole natal reveal and the, the lackluster games there just 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 didn't have it it was just terribly scripted, wasn't it? It went, ooh, look at the water. It was, and, and the whole connectimals as well thing with, ooh, tickles, or whatever the name of that bloody animal was. <laughs> and there were very few games shown. The whole thing seemed absolutely dominated by Natal. Well, there's no, there's no surprise that it was dominated. We're saying Natal, it's Connect now, isn't it? That's the proper name for it that Microsoft have revealed, um, but it will have forever be Natal, I think, for, for uh, some time to come. But the games just seemed like shovelware, and there was always some danger of that with, with publishers not really wanting to commit loads of money into development because we're really not sure at the moment whether it's going to sell. Um, but it was, it, it, it's just not reached its potential, and it's got some time to do that yet. But the games that they showed just weren't there for me. So what score out of 10 would you give to Microsoft? For their conference? Yes. Well, there was, there, was some, there was some nice bits to it. I thought one thing that we talked about this at the time as well was the scanning of the, the person and working out how tall they were and how big they were, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I didn't think it was particularly good and I would struggle to give them a six to be honest Ooh. I think that's quite a, a good score I think I'd give it about a four or a five mm. 
I thought it was pretty abysmal from start to finish. There was a few glimmers of hope, but it was just pretty terrible. Definitely the worst one they've done, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. And there was one game that they didn't show, which perhaps they should have done, with regards to Kinect, which was Children of Eden. And that was demonstrated later on. And I think if they'd have shown that, then people may have thought, well, actually, perhaps there's something in this uh, Kinect thing after all. So as you've already alluded to, Natal, which we've known it by for quite a while now, is now known as Connect, which was demonstrated in a sort of showbiz fashion by Cirque du Soleil. Everyone with their ponchos on with lighting up shoulder pads, which was <laughs> certainly different to see, mm. wasn't it? I'm glad yeah. we didn't attend. It looked rather hot and sweaty. Lots of men in a room sweating and lighting up shoulders. <laughs> But what they didn't they didn't reveal, which is something that we can come on to now, is the price of the system. Indeed, so it is called Connect, but there is absolutely no official price. Although Microsoft has put on their own Microsoft store in the US that it's one hundred and forty nine ninety nine dollars. But even at this point, they're still resisting to give us an official price. So what's going on, Marty? Uh, I, I don't know. I think they're edging their bets here a little bit. They're trying to see how many people are going to pre-order at 149.99, and if it's not working out for them, they're going to end up saying, "Well, look, we said this was a random price or, or a, 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 a not a set in stone price, and then suddenly it's ninety-nine dollars." So. Yeah, I, I think they're not doing themselves any favours at all by not revealing a price, though, because it's getting them some bad press, and people have reacted badly to 149.99, which is likely to be £100 plus here in the UK. And that's a lot of money. It's not, not a casual amount of money for people to spend. It's not an impulse buy, is it, at that sort of cash? No, not at all. And if they're trying to attract a casual audience... It's probably not the best way to go. It's it's not, and and that's the problem because the games that they showed were all pretty casual party games. I mean, they've they've got two dance games, they've got uh, three three or four mini sports games. Uh, it's it's there was a lot of stuff shown that was very very similar, and, and there was it's the sort of stuff that you're going to buy if you've got a Nintendo Wii, and there's your problem because. If you're that kind of casual gamer, you've probably already got a Nintendo Wii. And so if you're going to have to buy into Kinect, chances are you might need to buy an Xbox 360 as well. And, and that's no small amount of money to, uh, uh, to lay out. Well, when Microsoft didn't announce an official price, I thought, well, maybe this is a clever move because the first on out of the three presentations, they're probably waiting to see what Sony say and what pricing they have up their sleeves. And even after E3, though, there's still absolutely no official pricing, and I think it's dragging on too long now. We do need a conclusion to this. I think it is, but they they were talking about uh, GDC, which is August time. I think it's GDC anyway. Uh, they were talking about releasing a price there. Uh, 149.99 on the Microsoft website is probably the strongest indication that we've got yet. So I don't think we're going to see a price higher than that. I think they'd be ridiculous to put it out more than that possibly we're going to see it reduced depending on what kind of pre-orders they get. So they did show a few launch titles. Uh, Connect Simuls, 
allows the user to play and interact with a variety of different animals. And we had a little cute kid demonstrating this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Another amount of cheese, I think, with that one. Lots of cheese. But, you know, I can see kids absolutely loving that as long as there is quite a bit more to it than what we actually saw in the demonstration, which is being able to stroke it virtually and going off the camera range and it sort of being really sad that you've disappeared and then being really happy you've returned. We need much more than that to it, don't we, even for kids to enjoy sure, it? Sure, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of like um, Nintendog's Light, wasn't it? And also really bad if you're ever going to go to a safari park and have your kid more because they think it's okay to play with tigers. Well, that's it, exactly. <laughs> so, Connect Sports. Ooh, good title. Nothing like Wii Sports, is it, there? But that includes boxing, bowling, football. They didn't really show very much of it, though, did they? So we're, we're all oh, left no. wondering what it's, what, what it's going to entail. Now, Ant has actually tried this, and so have a few other sites, and uh, they're talking about it pretty average. I mean, really, for something like Kinect, you really want the sports thing, because it is so close to what Nintendo have on offer, to be really just excel. Well, otherwise, what's the point? And it didn't excel anyone. Whoops. Oh, dear. I said, well, we've already said that the whole thing fell a little bit flat, and mini games are fine in in uh, mini doses, aren't they? And the one that possibly has a good chance is Dance Central, which is a Microsoft and Harmonics collaboration. And that yeah. actually, although it was hard to tell from the presentation, it has potential to be something quite interesting because if it is tracking all of your body and not just a portion of your body if you're holding a Wii remote or anything it's only being able to track say an arm or two arms if you're lucky mm. but with this if it's tracking your whole body it could be very interesting well, it could and I, I, I think that Kinect has potential and of all the games that were shown apart from perhaps Children of Eden this is the one that people were most interested in but there's some other there's some other dance games coming down the line, and if there's a Michael Jackson one, uh, I believe that's coming out as well. If they're going to start just pushing these types of games, how many dance games do you actually need? Do you need one, two, three, four, five? It, it just seems that the scope of the games that they've displayed at the moment is very limited. It is. I mean, when they talked about Natal last year, it was all, this is a revolution to gaming. And now it all seems very much like, well, this is better than the Nintendo because you don't need to hold a controller. And, I, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure that that's true, though, because there's certain types of games that you're then excluding yourself from if you don't include a controller. When I, I thought about, I, I've been trying to think about so connect really hard and seeing how you can translate that into first person shooters or real time strategies and, and selecting units and this sort of stuff but how do you actually tell connect that you're doing the selection because you're just pointing it's not doesn't have that much meaning does it well, I think this is where Connect's failing at the moment. It's trying too hard to be in with what we play today. It needs to be what they promised last year, revolutionary, something different. I don't expect to buy Connect and play a first-person shooter, but we want to try something new and fresh and stimulating. We do. And, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't. And the Milo stuff that they showed at last year's E3, 
even <laughs> quite negative connotations about it. it. It was interesting use of the technology, and we haven't seen that at this year's E3. I think the best place for connect which unfortunately isn't going to be very reflective of the price outlay you're going to make but as a additional bit of hardware so if you are playing something like a first person shooting you just happen to glance to your left or to your right it tracks that and the field of view moves now if but it if could add a sense of that that'd be really interesting and fantastic but it's will it it would be it would if you had three TVs. If you're moving your your head to the left or to the right, then you're losing vision of your of your screen, aren't you? So Yeah, but it, if you move your head back to forward view, then you've got the, the standard view you'd usually see. So it is I, possible with one screen. We don't need to go mad with multiple monitor setups yet. Oh, I, <laughs> I, perhaps perhaps we need some virtual reality goggles as well so that the movement tracks with your eyes. That's what we need. Uh, well, well, we'll come up to the glasses later. <laughs> but the, I mean, the, the whole, the whole, the Xbox now has been out for what four years? Is it? I think it's four years, four or five years. Anyway, it's coming on yeah. for that. And launching an add-on in, at this late stage in its life cycle, and in the past where console manufacturers have done the same thing, it has not been a success. Um, I, I just get the. The feeling that maybe Microsoft should have held onto this tech for their next console release, which can't be that far away. And if they'd released it with as, as an integral part of the console, it may well have had a lot more success than I think it is going to gain uh, as uh, as an add-on. The really bizarre thing for me is I have quite a bit of faith in the technology. I think it's got so many possibilities that we haven't even actually thought of a lot of them yet. But the presentation did not show really any of that. And none no. of the subsequent things have. Ubisoft came close by showing you when they outstretched. It was measuring arms and limbs and making all sorts of fancy calculations, which was impressive that it could go to that detail. But it, was, it fell pretty flat, didn't it? It was, it was a bit of a fail. It did. And even the Forza stuff with, with the steering wheels, holding hold an imaginary steering wheel. How, you need the force feedback. You need the vibration in the pad or the force feedback in the steering wheel. I just can't see any real gain of holding an imaginary steering wheel and driving around the track that way it just doesn't work for me and I'm not being a Luddite I, I really I'm really not I'd, and I'd like to see some great stuff in ATAL or rather Connect um, but Microsoft still have a lot to prove I think definitely there's a worry isn't there we haven't got that tactile touch and as human beings we like to be able to hold things and yeah. touch well, some kind of feedback. Maybe they can do an electro suit as well. Oh, get the whole the, <laughs> the whole feedback sensation thing. Oh dear! Wouldn't well, that give, um, give I don't think what the pricing for that would be. Well, a couple, couple, a couple of batteries and a couple of uh, uh, anodes and cathodes, and we'll be away. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that at the next E3, patented by Marty Greenwell. You heard it here first, folks. So I think that's enough about Kinect. But they also revealed a new Xbox 360, which was actually hidden within a case of an old Xbox 360. And I suppose they could call this the new slim version, but with being Microsoft, I guess it's the Xbox 360 S. 
which has built-in Wi-Fi, which includes wireless end support now, a 250 gigabyte hard drive, an additional power port for Connect, five USB ports, which is two more than the previous versions, and is apparently whisper quiet. Oh, and Ant took a video, and apparently when you eject the DVD drive, it now makes a nice pleasing beep sound. Well, we, we can't have enough pleasing beeps, can we? Well, no. Well, funny enough, in the previous podcast, we were talking about bings and bongs, so maybe they listened to that and put a beep in. Maybe that was the case, or maybe they just copied the uh, PlayStation 3 Slim, which also beeps when you press your deck, eject on the button. But uh, I'd, to be fair to Microsoft, I don't think they ever uh, announced this as the Xbox 360 Slim. That's just what's been banded about in the press. And it's not really slim at all. It's just a, a slightly slimmer, slightly smaller version of the Xbox. But to build in Wi-Fi, which has been a criticism of the Xbox 360 for quite a while, especially with the expense of having to buy the external unit, which I think is about 50, 60 pounds. It is. Um, and the 250 gigabyte hard drive. And that's pretty good going, actually. I'm quite tempted to get one myself, even though I already have two Xbox 360s. Well, I suppose if you use it for, if you're in America, Netflix, and over here, any of the Zoom video marketplace stuff, then it's absolutely ideal. And if you did get the HD DVD add-on drive back in the day, I know I did, then yeah, Whisper Quiet is surely going to be a plus. Well, I, I got it as a backup to my HD DVD drive, uh, player that I that I bought. Um, £30, you can't really go wrong, and... With my collection of HD DVDs, it seemed like a sensible thing to do. Because when my player breaks, what am I going to do? Ghostbusters. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think to the Xbox 360 smaller design itself? It's actually glossy black, so fingerprint heaven, here we come. Yeah, well, if you're going to be touching it a lot, then maybe that will be a problem. I I think it looks really nice. I I do. I do. And that's what we've got to really say about it. It looks Yeah, nice. well, what can we say? It's an Xbox 360. It's a little bit smaller, a little bit quieter. Seems like good value for money. Um, if you've not got one, then now would be a great time to buy one. And if you do want to whisper quiet version, that doesn't have the red rings of death. Oh, now that's a bit of controversy, isn't it? Cause it is. They're not showing now. If your machine breaks, or maybe this, maybe this is confidence in the new machine that they don't think is going to red ring or they don't think it's going to break down. But so, yeah, you will no longer see the red, red ring of death. Yeah, I think it's the red dot of death, the, the green ring, flashy, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> maybe it's just an error message on screen saying your Xbox has died. Well, maybe we'll have to wait until the first one's break and then we'll find out. Well, apparently when they get too hot now, they'll come up with a message saying it's got to shut down rather than killing and, you know, committing suicide before it dies completely. Well, this isn't one of the ways of fixing the, the old Xbox 360s was to wrap them in a towel and and re, uh, melt the solder so that they reseated themselves. That seems a bit of an oddity. I think a few people did try that. I don't know how many were actually successful in getting Perhaps, the Xboxes uh, to work again. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. No, I wouldn't recommend it either. It'd be interesting to see how many house fires uh, compared to how many people did that on Xbox 360s. Well, we also had a glimpse of Gears of War 3, Fable 3 and a few others, but there were very few games shown. So what can we get excited about game-wise? I I don't know. I mean, I, X, Gears of War 3 is obviously going to be a, a fairly decent game because the other two have been... 
and Fable 3 promises to use Connect in some different ways. And I quite enjoyed Fable 2, so looking forward to that one. But overall, I don't think there was really that much to get excited about. Well, they showed so little. No, they didn't. They didn't show. They showed hardly anything at all. So, yeah, well, it's difficult to say on that one, isn't it? It was a very uninspiring conference. I'm sorry to say, Microsoft. Yeah. So on to Sony PlayStation conference. As we expected, Sony concentrated heavily on PlayStation Move and 3D gaming with those not-so-super-trendy glasses. Not quite goggles, but they are glasses. Will that please you, Marty? Glasses? No, it won't please me. And we've, we've talked about this before. And in a moment, we'll, we'll talk about something else. I'm, I'm sure people might even guess now. But, um, no, I until... 3D can have the technology without the glasses and the technology is there I don't think it's going to fly and I don't want to wear glasses I've said before I think they're horrible I think it's expensive they're 80 90 pounds a pop they have to synchronize with your television if you look away they can lose synchronization and there's a big outlay for the TVs I think 3D has a future I just don't think at the moment it is there and a lot of what people were saying who actually saw some of the demonstrations at E3 was that was a lot of jaggies. That is, the polygon edges were all jaggy, which is an indication of a lower resolution being used when 3D was in use. The thing with the, thing with the jaggies is they're, they're actually quite prominent in um, some of the PlayStation 3 games as it is. Uh, if you have a look, quite, uh, the MotoGP was quite bad for that. Uh, and I think that one of the dragons. What was that one called? It was supposed to be 1080p. That was quite. Uh, that was quite jagginess. You do see them a lot. In fact, the game I've been playing recently, um, Alpha Protocol, that was on PS3, and that had. Oh, that, that didn't just have jaggies. That had texture popping and all sorts of badness to it. But, um, but yeah, jaggies are not not new to PlayStation 3. You know, they're not new to games in general, but. Um, but when you add 3D to the equation, they're having to work twice as hard. So yeah, and I think it's gonna, 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 it's not gonna help the effect, is it really? So sorry, I think I think the technology is gonna get there. Oh, it's definitely, just, but not maybe there. not for this generation. No, no, no. And it's good that they're pushing it, but I'm not gonna be buying into it at the moment. Not, not, not for the mainstream consoles anyway unless you're going to go for movies would you be tempted then if it's purely for the movie side well no I wouldn't I mean I've seen I've got Avatar now on Blu-ray which I've seen on PlayStation 3 and I think if you're going to have any film on Blu-ray then that's the one to get because it absolutely blows everything else out of the water it looks absolutely stunning and I think it looks better uh, on the uh, on the Blu-ray than it did at the cinema really so how would you rate the conference overall um it was it was a mark on on Microsoft, but I, again, it still wasn't something that blew me out the water. They didn't show anything that would make me go, "Fool, I really need to get that." Even the Killzone three stuff, which they banged on about three D wise, no. you know, it's going to be a good game, but we were expecting to see that anyway. I'd, I'd push it to a seven for Sony, perhaps. I'd say seven. It was a bit long-winded, but they did show plenty of games. Uh, one thing I did like 
which they uh, made a lot of. And, and in fact, I thought it was quite funny. Was the Kevin character? Uh, he, he's a made-up character. He's, he's an advert for for Sony. But I think I think the use of him in the conference was really really well done, and he came across very very well indeed. I would go along with that. Yes, it, you'd have to watch the video to know really what we're going on about here. But I think of all the three presentations, that was one of the highlights, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I would also give it a good seven. Yes, I'd go along with that. So PlayStation isn't going to be completely free as such. But for those who like multiplayer gaming, it is still completely free. So that's good news number one. But they are also offering a subscription service called PlayStation Plus. Sony say they are still very committed to PlayStation Network as a free gaming service and are certainly not planning on reducing that service following the launch of PlayStation Plus. So the features included at launch will be games, discounts, exclusive items on PlayStation Store, full game trials, automatic downloads, and membership to Plus can be purchased through the PlayStation Store on the PlayStation 3 for either 90 days or a whole year. But this is the bizarre bit, maybe. As a member, you can expect to get your hands on at least four games a month at no extra charge. Right, that sounds really good. But as soon as you stop your subscription to PlayStation Plus, those games are lost. So, mm-hmm. ugh, that's a bit bizarre. It is, and I'm, I'm just trying to work out how they're going to enforce it, to be honest. Maybe they, they have to be logged in every now and again to register it's it's a kind of dlc isn't it and i was really really interested in this in the subscription service hearing about discounts on games and early access to demos and free trials of some of the full games but the thing is it's just really really quite nasty and i'm not sure that they've explained this properly to people either because it's a bit unclear that if you stop your subscription these games that you've gotten are not going to work anymore it does seem a bit odd. I would have thought encouraging people to buy content that's already there would have made more sense. Mm. And and the thing is, the games that they're going to offer free, I, I find it unlikely they're going to be new games either. So if you're not new to PlayStation and PlayStation Network, chances are you're going to have purchased the games that you want. And maybe your money that you lay out a month is going to be better spent on purchasing the, the PlayStation Network games that you like rather than signing up for some games that are going to expire as soon as you stop subscribing when you find it's not worth the money. Indeed. So these are the highlights of the first month, and this is the month they're going to really want to show what it is capable of, this service. As an introductory offer until I think it's August the 3rd, Little Big Planet Standard Edition is available completely as part of the subscription. You also can have Wipeout HD, which is a great game. It's a great game, yeah. From the minis, Field Runners and Age of Zombies. From the PlayStation 1, Destruction Derby. And there's some full game trials and premium game Killzone 2 still and titanium download content and all sorts. But the, I think the thing I'm having problems with is PlayStation Network as a store doesn't actually have a great deal of content on it. It, it doesn't. And, and it's, well, maybe it does, but it's badly laid out. And I think this is a, a problem that xbox 360 had for a while as well they've improved it slightly it's still not brilliant but if you try to go onto a playstation network unless you're keeping up to date with it with the what's new stuff trying to find anything on there is a pain in the especially if you're trying to look for stuff like demos and the real bizarre thing is that it's different if you go onto 
the US account and have a look on there, or you go into the Hong Kong account and have a look on there, the layouts are different, and they actually have a demo section on the US store. But, but the thing that really troubles me with, with, the, uh, with the premium service is the other than the expiring of the games, is this idea of having demos for full games as a premium thing. And that strikes me as really, really odd because one of the things on PlayStation Network I think puts a lot of people off buying, particularly the more expensive games, because we see some for nine ninety nine and eleven ninety nine and even more than that. There's a lack of trial versions. And for everything on Xbox Live Arcade you always have a trial version that you can try out. In, uh, maybe there's some pluses and some negatives to that because if you play, uh, try a game that's really crap you're not going to buy it as the full version but I think generally they're losing out by not having trials available to everybody on the PSN it would make a lot of sense I mean obviously like you say it's going to put people off if the game isn't that good if it's a trial, you might just pop along and try something you wouldn't normally consider and th- say to yourself, hey, this is just remarkably good, I'll buy the full game. Exactly. And I think that's why uh, they do it on Xbox Live Arcade, because there's stuff that I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I, I've ended up buying. I mean, I think I've sent like 130 Xbox Live Arcade games there in my library. Not all of them have purchased by me, some of them are through the website for review but a substantial amount of them are. And a good number of those are, are because I've had a chance to try the trial game when I would never have purchased the full game uh, had I not had a go at it and, uh, beforehand. So they're, they're losing the trick there, definitely losing the trick. So what's the pricing? Do we know? Was it £40, £45 or something like that? Uh, I don't think they've announced a, a UK price yet. I was just trying to find the, the details of that because we, we did post a news story. But it was somewhere around uh, the 15 uh, to $20 for three months, I think, was the initial sign-up. Slightly, rising slightly after that. Let's find this out. But it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount. It was $50 for the year, I think. Which equates, I think, to Xbox Live for a year, doesn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't wasn't massive amounts, but uh, you can, as we've already mentioned, play online games for free without having to purchase this anyway. And I don't see them changing that. They've promised they won't change it, although they promised they wouldn't remove features from the PlayStation 3, which they'd done. So, well, who knows? Oh, here's an interesting little tidbit. If you sign up between the 29th of June and the 3rd of August for the one-year subscription, you will also receive a downloadable copy of Little Big Planet, like we were saying before. And this is yours to keep and is not tied to the period of the subscription. So if you haven't got the game already and you want to try out PlayStation Plus, then that's a good punch, surely. Yeah, maybe. Um, although I suspect you can probably buy it as a retail copy, as a physical disc for about 10 15 pounds now ah here we go here are the prices 39.99 for a year uk or 11.99 for the three months yeah that sounds about right then yeah it's not it's not a big outlay and maybe if you thought about the games as a rental thing perhaps that's not so bad but i over a year you might work out a lot better off from it but it's just whether the games that's coming up every month are what are your cup of tea and whether you've already got them because as, as I mentioned before I can't see them, them, them being brand new games 
Well, Little Big Planet, Wipeout HD, Destruction Derby, I've got all of them already, so the first month isn't appealing to me. Hey, no, I've not, I've not bought Wipeout HD. It's, um, it's Ooh, still it's not that. Well, it is, and I think if I was going to buy it, then I would actually buy it rather than rely on the subscription service to get it. But, you know, I'm, we'll see how it pans out. Maybe it will, um, maybe it will work, maybe it won't. Will you be subscribing? Uh, I was interested up until the point where the games that they were giving away for free expire. Um, so they lost me at that point, I think. So PlayStation Move, UK pricing has been revealed. The PlayStation Move pack, which includes a PlayStation Move controller, the PlayStation Eye camera, and the starter disc, which includes the games Beat the Sketcher, Blocks, and Echo Chrome 2 will set you back $49.99. Which, that's UK of course, which actually doesn't sound too bad at all. But this is where you might get a little bit more flustered. The PlayStation Move controller on its own, so if you want to buy for a second player, will cost you $34.99. And if you want the sub-controller, which is like the one you hold in your left hand, will cost $24.99. So you, if you, there's two of you, you're talking over a hundred pounds and we're talking connect price again here maybe yeah we are and I'm, but I'm not sure the two are that comparable because I think the Microsoft system is going for the more family oriented and party stuff and PlayStation although they did show some of the kind of shovelware stuff that Microsoft did they seem to be erring down more of their core audience that they've already got that's what Microsoft was shying away from and to be fair you don't actually need the um, the, the kind of nunchuck type controller stuff because you can use the PlayStation pad that you've already got to, the, to replicate that uh, that part of it it's not going to be quite the same though is it? maybe not quite the same but, but it's got all the sensors in the same kind of sensors it's just not got sort of same shape has it? But um, I'm sure that you could hold it in such a way that you could make do. But I'm just wondering whether the uh, the sort of game that's going to be buying the system is going to want to shell out for, or going to need to shell out for extra controllers anyway. Because I've still got, uh, if I hadn't bought a second PlayStation 3, I would still only have one PlayStation 3 controller. So do you get all your community from the online side rather than inviting a friend around? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I you know, isn't that what most of Xbox 360 Live is about as well? Is oh, definitely. So I, I think that these these comparisons of saying, "Well, Move is extremely expensive if you talk about it for four players." Well, you're going to need a bloody big room to get four people in for Connect anyway. And there's been rumours that it's not able to track, although. I'm, I've seen other reports that say there's more than two players at a time. It can recognise more than two people, but tracking the movements and doing all that jazz is is not uh, not so good. The more people you've got in there, but um, well, I mean, well, I think when you're looking at casual games, they're looking at more of the family to be involved, aren't they? So you're looking at possibly two players at least, and then the prices are more comparable, aren't they? They are. They're, they're a lot more comparable. And, uh, well, we still don't know the price of Connect yet, so 
It's all speculation. It's speculation, and Microsoft do not comment on rumours and speculation. Microsoft do not. This is true. One of the biggest surprises for a lot of people was the lack of a rumoured PSP 2. Instead, Sony are going to push the original PSP and PSP Go far harder than ever before. So, any thoughts here? <laughs> I don't think it's any big surprise, actually, that they haven't announced a PlayStation Portable 2. Uh, they're still trying to catch you with the money they've lost with PlayStation 3. So, thinking about new hardware and the amount of money that that costs to uh, to develop. Yeah, it was no surprise, and and Sony are, are leakier than a six-hole bucket when it comes to that sort of stuff. So if it was going to be coming out, we'd have heard about it long before E3. Um, but it, with, with PlayStation Portable and giving away ten games as downloads with the PSP Go, I think just shows how desperate Sony are to try and shift these units because you don't give away ten games when a unit is selling well. Exactly. So, yeah, that, no surprise to me at all that um, there's no... It's a shame. It. it is a shame, though. The PSP is a good console, a very good portable console. Oh, it but is. Yeah, it If is, you definitely. want a PS2-like system to carry around with you, then the PSP is absolutely fantastic for doing that. But maybe that's its failure. It isn't actually doing anything different. The DS is nothing like the Wii. Yeah, that's a that's that's a fair point. I, I guess it depends on what you want out of your gaming systems. Exactly, that's also true. Um, but I, as a multimedia device, the PSP is is really good. I mean, it is possible to watch movies at least for a short time on on the little screen because it's a fantastic screen on the PSP. Well, well in fact, last time I was on an airplane, there was someone watching a movie on his PSP. So it does happen. It does, and I have Top Gun on my PSP on the memory stick, and it's a fantastic film, and I, I like watching that. But the problem with the PSP is it, it's it's software that it's just not had the games. And in the last year, I I don't think I bought any PSP games at all. I mean, I'm just looking at my stack of games now. The last one I bought was uh, Disgaea Two, the portable version, and I bought that because I like Disgaea on the uh, PS2, which is a fantastic series, but. There's, there's really not an awful lot of games been released in the last six months that I've I've wanted to get. Well, GT, yeah, I bought GT, uh, Soul Calibur. I'm just having a look there, and uh, the Gods of War series I bought. Yeah. I don't think you can blame the lack of sales on piracy. It's just lack of decent software is the problem. Well, the DS has been pirated easily enough, and you can get the cartridges to download games and run them very easily from what I've seen so if piracy was an issue why is the DS doing so well well that's that's a very pertinent question and I think it's because there's more software released and uh, uh, and they keep on promoting it in a good way and I think Sony have just let it slide you don't really see that much promotion of the PSP it's just one of those has-been consoles it's just a shame, and uh, because it, it deserved to do well, because it's a bloody good console. Exactly. But this is the real killer. Moving on now to the Nintendo conference, they announced the Nintendo 3DS, which is a new portable gaming machine that has 3D without the need for glasses. So a big cheer from Marcy. Hooray! So that was that was my big cheer. That was brilliant. 
It's the largest we've been able to cheer since that England loss. Instead, you use a physical slider to adjust the depth of the effect, and you can even turn it completely off. So, I think this is a great move from Nintendo. It's something different again. They've still got the dual screen system, but this time the top screen is the 3D and it's widescreen. Yeah. A little bit bigger, a little bit, little bit bigger than the than the screen that's on the uh, on the on the new DS at the top. It, it looks kind of weird because the bottom screen is the same kind of size, and the that's still the touch screen, weird. isn't yeah, it? At the bottom, yeah, that's one. right. Yeah, so presumably they're still using the same tech that they've got in the or the same screen as well that they've got in the current one, and, and hopefully look, still backwards compatible. Well, they said it is. Yes, they said it was. So it was backwardly compatible with the DSi, so that's good. So 3D without the glasses. We've already had a great cheer. It is slightly limited. It seems if you just look ever so slightly to the side, you lose the 3D effect almost entirely. So you are sort of limited in range and everything. Well, but that's... as a gimmicky thing, and to have something new, and on a portable device, this is great. Really? Come on. And for those, for those people that have seen it, they've said that it works really, really well. And I think that Nintendo showed some fantastic games for the system. They, they had a, a Zelda one that was coming out. They had the uh, the Kirby one that hasn't been seen for a while the, to do with the, the cloth stuff. Yeah, game trailers give that Kirby game best graphics of E3. I'm not sure I would go along with that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say that the best idea of E3, perhaps... It's coming on from the from the uh, the Paper Mario stuff and just taking it to another level. But from what I saw, all the ideas in the game for that were really quite cool. And it was the Nintendo conference out of all of those T uh, three that really impressed me the most. I thought they had the most to show, the most new stuff, the most kept under cover games. Uh, I think it's going to be a good good year for uh, for Nintendo. But the heart rate monitor announced from E3 last year didn't make any appearance, so do you think they've uh, pushed that to the side? Uh, what, what was that about? I'm not, not entirely sure. Because I know oh. that there's a, uh, an, a heart monitor thing with the new EA Sports Active 2, which is coming out on all platforms. Well, last year to E3, Nintendo announced this heart monitor, which basically clipped onto the end of your finger. And they said this would almost revolutionise gaming. Because Maybe. the game would know if you're excited or scared or etc etc, but we've we've heard absolutely nothing since E3, so I think they've maybe pushed that to the side in embarrassment. Maybe so, and perhaps for a good good reason. Well, they've got a lot to shout about with the Nintendo 3DS, I think. They have, they have. I'm I'm half tempted to get one, but it's not coming out till next year. So no, it's not. To wait, and the, the rumored price is around about two hundred pounds. Ooh which is quite expensive. But well, if you looked at the pricing of the PSP Go, it's actually a bargain. <laughs> well, well, yeah, this is another mystery, quite why Sony thought that it needed to price the PSP Go uh, quite at that level when it's removed features from it. It's a bit bizarre. There you go. And that's perhaps why it's struggling to sell and why they need to give away 10 games. So that's finally all the E3 coverage. Phew. And now we move on to some of the afternoon stuff, but very quickly, because we're running out of time. The scrapping of the game tax break that was proposed by the Labour government last year has been scrapped by the Conservative and Lib Dem coalition. 
So this is probably not good news for developers and publishers, particularly in other European countries where they do have some kind of tax break support there. So what do you think this actually means for our industry? Well, I don't think it really means that much in, in terms of changing how they're working at the moment because they haven't had this tax break before, so it was a bit of a bonus if it had gone ahead. But I think it's a bit of a, a missed opportunity, really, because gaming is a multi-billion pound industry and the tax that they could have gained from the companies going forwards and the jobs that it could create if they had given these breaks to the companies could have really boomed UK industry and the gaming market. And, and let's be honest, our industry in the UK is not really in top shape at the moment. We've lost a lot of manufacturing stuff and gaming is one of the few industries that we excel at. And we do have some great developing studios in the UK as well. Yeah, we do. I mean, well, I mean, there's rare that uh, uh, reside in Leicestershire. This was uh, one of the big ones and they've gone downhill recently. Maybe they could really have used this tax break to boost themselves up a little bit. Let's not forget Sumo Digital. Oh, yeah, Sumo Digital, yeah. Doing a lot of good stuff for Sega at the moment. Revolution Software. Uh, Which ones are they? Think Broken Sword series and uh, how they've uh, come back with a vengeance now. The Nintendo Wii allows for point-and-click adventuring with the Wii. Or point-and-click stuff is really coming to its own at the moment. The the release of... um, uh, Secret of Monkey Island 2 is uh, imminent as well on Xbox Live Arcade. Indeed it is. And now moving on, the Xbox Live Family Pack. Now this is basically a bundle of Xbox Live subscriptions for the price of two, isn't it? Um, well, it's a price of four. Um, you can have up to four people with gold accounts, but it is for a single Xbox. For the price of two. For the price of two, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, if you've got a family of um, four people, then that sounds like quite a good bargain to me. It would be difficult to see how they could do this for more than one Xbox in the same household, because how would you determine that they're in the same location? I've seen a bit of criticism about uh, not allowing more than one unit. But, well, how do you do it? How do, how do you work out where they are? It would be to stop people from getting together with three of their mates and saying, well, we'll just pay a quarter of the price. You could say that you share the the online time if they wanted to do it that way, but if you're sharing the online time, then you get a quarter of your subscription, so you may as well just pay for a full subscription anyway. Yeah, I mean, it has got its problems, but I suppose if you've just got a single Xbox in the house, it's in the living room, and you find mum, dad, brother, sister do play it a lot then maybe it is a good very good deal but if certainly if you're going to go traveling not such well, a good deal I, I think the clue's in the name family pack it it's, is it's to do with the family and the family console and i think for those then it is it's it's a good deal we also have a couple of downloadable content editions onslaught and red dead redemption that bloody game title's Really trying to screw me over. Red Dead Redemption. There we go. So, Marty, what do you think to those? Because I know you've had a brief go on them. I have, yeah. I've played co-op with a, with a friend of mine. And the Red Dead stuff, if you've played the single-player games, I think you'll be a bit surprised because 
they seem to have ramped up the difficulty level in the co-op side of things quite a bit. You could get away um, almost going in gun, guns blazing with the single player side of things and walk away with barely a scratch, particularly if you use the, uh, uh, the red eye uh, slowdown time delay stuff. It's really, really hard though on the co-op stuff. And I haven't managed to uh, complete a, a, a mission yet. We were playing it with, with two players. And I think that it's probably uh, probably been adjusted for four. Um, but the missions themselves are really quite interesting. You, they're not just go to play, say, and, and kill people and you're finished. It's go to play, say, clear out enemies, uh, rescue a maiden, transport her to a town, go to a new place and... So there's A to B to C to D to E. It's it's quite complex and quite involved. And they're going to take you um, a good 20, 30 minutes to get through. And I think for free, that's uh, pretty good value for money. Ah, well, if it's free, it's got to be good value for money. Certainly has, yeah. I'd definitely download and definitely have a go. So that is all we have time for on this latest episode of MonsterCast. It's been a very hot day. It's been very frustrating what with England losing, so thanks for bearing with both me and Marty. Don't forget to visit the ConsoleMonster.com website where we have news, reviews, previews, achievements and trophy game listings. And of course our active discussion forum where we love to read your comments, especially regarding our podcast. If you use Twitter, make sure you follow at ConsoleMonster. And if you own an Apple iPhone, you can purchase for just 59p the Console Monster Guide to catch up with all the latest developments and even podcasts all on your portable Apple gadget. And I should also add that Anthony is working on some higher resolution imagery for the CM Guide for iPhone because of the Retina display on the iPhone 4. So hopefully we'll get to see that in a future update. Ooh. So from me, James Woodcock, and Marty... Bye. We will see you next time on the MonsterCast. <laughs>